Welcome back to 5AM Theology. Rose, you and I know one advantage that we have when we read the Bible chronologically is that you get to see passages like we're going to discuss right after each other. If you just read your Bible in order from Genesis to Revelation, you might miss something huge because, for example, these two passages that we're going to talk about, while they're about the same event, each of them uses a different word that makes an absolutely huge difference in the meaning, or maybe it doesn't. I agree. And I'll, I'll read the two passages. The first place it's found is in 2 Samuel 24, verses 1 to 2. Again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go number Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army who was with him, Go through all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and number the people that I may know the number of the people. And then the second place that it's found is in First Chronicles 21, 1 to 3. And that passage says, then Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the army, go number Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring me a report that I may know their number. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the two words that just jump out at you is one passage says God incited David and the other one says Satan incited David. Chris, you know, we look at these side by side and we ask, well, who's angry at Israel, God or Satan? Who incited David, God or Satan? Is this a contradiction in scripture? Before we discuss that, though, we should probably talk about what David ordering a census meant and why it was so sinful that it caused David's commander, Joab, to say in 2 Samuel 24, verse 3, may the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many as they are, while the eyes of my Lord the King still see it. But why does my Lord the King delight in this thing? And First Chronicles says pretty much that same thing. But as Joab saying, why should it be a cause of guilt for Israel? In David's time, the primary reason for a census was to establish the size of your army that you had at your disposal at any given time in case you had a conflict with another nation. And that seems practical, but it wasn't for David because David and all of Israel's kings were supposed to be trusting in God, not in the size of their army. If David had been trusting in God, he would have had absolutely no reason at all for a census because if a conflict arose, he would have known that God would give his people victory, whether they had 300 people or 10,000 people. That's right. And we see examples. Gideon, for example, whittles his army down to 300 and they still won. So David's sin was in not trusting God. And one more thing before we get to the main thing of why one passage says God incited David and the other one says Satan incited him. There's the issue of why was God's anger kindled against Israel again, as we see in 2 Samuel 24.1. And the truth is we don't know. Neither of the previous chapters in 2 Samuel or 1 Chronicles gives us an exact answer of why God is angry at Israel again. And we don't find that answer anywhere else. Our only clue is the word again. The Israelites had been sinning. This wasn't a one-time thing that they did. Well, yeah, they sin over and over again, just like we do. But just to clarify that First Chronicles passage where it says Satan stood against Israel, 
there is no contradiction in who was angry at the Israelites. It's not Satan's angry. He's against Israel. He's always against God's people. Also worth noting is that the base material of First and Second Chronicles is First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Samuel and the Kings were written first. So sometimes the books of Chronicles mirror Samuel's books and the books of the Kings word for word. And sometimes their word is slightly different. And sometimes one of them has info that the other doesn't have. So it's good to always read those together. And the reason for that is because the author, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is making point to whoever his original audience is. So like I said, whenever you study First and Second Samuel or First or Second Kings, it's always good to look back at Chronicles too and see what Chronicles has to say, because there are some different details in there. These two perspectives are complementary and they have the same base message. The Lord is patient and waits a long time before he judges his people. His judgment never falls upon an innocent generation because each generation has plenty of their own sin. That's for sure. Okay, so the big question is who incited David? Was it God or Satan? Or maybe the bigger question, Jesus told us to pray to God, lead us not into temptation. So that begs the question, does this passage that we read and Jesus's words, does that mean that God actually leads us into temptation? In one way, this story is a lot like a passage we looked at a couple of weeks ago where an evil spirit was tormenting Saul. We mused whether that spirit was a demon or an angel from God. And the conclusion was we didn't know for sure, although most of the evidence seems to point to an evil spirit. But either way, God was sovereign over Saul's torment, whether he sent one of his faithful angels or he sent a demon to do his bidding. He's in charge of both. So these passages that we're talking about today are both true and they don't contradict each other at all. God's the one who sovereignly incited David and he used Satan to do it. And Satan does it. One, because he hates God's people, but more importantly, because he had to. He's completely submissive to God. God commands something out of him and he has to obey. So the author of 2 Samuel wanted to emphasize the sovereignty of God over David's incitement, while the chronicler wanted to emphasize how God accomplished that incitement. Anne DeGood has a really great quote on this, and um, this is what he says. The chronicler wanted to clarify one aspect of the story, which is the role of Satan as the intermediary in this process. After all, God does not tempt people himself. He is not the author of evil. Sometimes the source is in our own sinful nature, while at other times it comes from the allure of the world around us. Yet there are times, as the chronicler notes in this case, when temptation comes from the evil one. And that's the end of his quote. He answers it. But just to simplify, the answer is yes, God does sometimes lead us into temptation but he doesn't do the leading himself. He can't, because again, as the Indigood said, and as scripture said, he is not the author of evil. But we have to ask, why would God want his people tempted? To answer that he doesn't want his people tempted is just naive. If God led Jesus into temptation when he was at his physical weakest, other than at the crucifixion, why would we think he wouldn't lead us into temptation? But why would he do it? Well, John Owen has a good quote that answers the question. 
He says, like the barks of the sheepdog that the shepherd sends after erring sheep, the dog's pursuit make the sheep ready to listen to the shepherd's voice. So the temptations that we're led into, whether by our own sinful desires or the allure of the world, or on the very rare occasion by Satan or his demons, are ordained and used by our sovereign God as a warning siren that we are sheep in danger. Maybe danger that we can't even see and need to stop and we need to stop and listen to our shepherd's voice, meaning get ourselves in God's word. And we can't neglect pointing out that while God may use people or things to lead us into temptation, he never causes us to sin. God didn't make David sin. David could have not conducted that census, even if he was tempted to. God never makes people sin. When we're presented with temptation and we fall into sin because of it, it's our own sinfulness that causes it. And that's why we're morally responsible. It's right. never God pushing us to do it. That's right. We can look at it this way. In this passage with David, all God did was remove the restraints on David. David's sinful nature then took over and that's what led him to pursue the sinful desires of his heart. So again, he didn't make him sin. He just removed some restraints. But what's God's purpose in this? Well, like we said, Chris, when we're presented with temptation, they serve as a warning siren that we're on dangerous ground and we need to run back to God. And running back to God will always be an option. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's an important verse. It is. And Joab tried to warn David. He just didn't heed it. So when we're tempted by something, we need to stop and see if that temptation is something that will lead us into sin. If it is, we need to look for the escape that God will provide. And we can be proactive before we ever get to that point by staying in God's word and by praying as Jesus taught us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that's a good place to end this morning. If you haven't listened to No Trash, Just Truth, give it a listen. Completely different than this podcast but we think you'll like it. And we're currently doing a series, Christians Every Christian Needs to Know. Have a blessed morning, everyone.